That was powerful. Thank you for that message, Ashley. That was really uh, touching right here. So, especially as we talk about today's sermon, which is God with us. I'd been in uh, Stephenville for a couple years as the campus pastor at the Charlton Wesley Foundation. And yet, you know, Stephenville doesn't have a whole lot of young families. And so Michelle and I hadn't built a huge community of people our own age, but we'd had a lot of college students and uh, they were really our family. And uh, Amelia had been sick. She had been congested a little bit. We didn't think it was a very big deal. You know, kids get, get sick. And we were giving her a bath, and then all of a sudden she just turned bright red. And so his parents, you know, you get, start getting a little worried. And we get her out, and we, we start changing her diaper. And she goes from red to blue. You know, I'm sure any parent that's had a moment like that, you know, knows the emotion of, of what that's like. But anyways... So Michelle decides she's going to rush a minute to the hospital, and I'm going to stay home with Sophie, but I don't want to leave them at the hospital, it's just the two of them. Uh, but we didn't have a lot of community in Stephenville. My parents were an hour and a half away. Michelle's parents were two hours away. And so we put a call out to our, our community. <laughs> Damn, it's all Ashley's fault. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, we put out a call to our community, which was our college students, and uh, they showed up. Two of them came over, and... Uh, took care of Sophie so I could go to the hospital. That's God with us. When the people we love and know in our, our community, when they show up for us, that's God with us. You know, we, we have talked about how Jesus, that his mission, that when we talk about him being sent, that he reconciled us to God, that he restored us in relationship to God. Last week we talked about how Jesus sets us free. And now we're talking about this week how in our difficult moments, that Jesus meets us where we are, that Jesus meets us in our pain, that Jesus meets us when we're in the midst of anxiety and fear, that Jesus meets us in our joy, and that God shows up. His name that we are told today is Emmanuel, God with us. And it's an incredible gift to know that God is on our side, that God is with us no matter what we experience in this life. And then the most amazing thing when we are given the light of having God with us, we are then made the light to go into the world and share that light with those that we find. Our scripture this morning comes from Matthew chapter 1, starting with verse 18. Now, Matthew's gospel tells the story of Jesus' birth from Joseph's perspective. This is how the birth of Jesus took place. When Mary, the mother of Jesus, was engaged to Joseph, before they were married, she became pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man. Because he didn't want to humiliate her, he decided to call off their engagement quietly. Now, men in the room, you're engaged, and your wife comes to you and tells you that she's pregnant, and you know you haven't had relations, and they say, oh, but God did it, right? We're like, sure, we really believe that, right? And so Joseph's reaction is actually kind of measured. It's, he's just going to quietly set her aside when he had all rights to drag her out in public and even have her stoned to death. And so as he's thinking about this, this is what happened next. As he was thinking about this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife because the child she carries was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And then, of course, Mary was like, told you. She will give birth to a son, and you will call him Jesus, because he will save the people from their sins. Again, like last week we talked about, or a couple weeks ago, we talked about with 
Mary, when the angel came, do not be afraid. When Zechariah and Elizabeth, when the angel showed up, do not be afraid. When the shepherds, when they were given the message about who, that Jesus, the Messiah, had been born, they were told, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Because God is with us. You know, the name Jesus, we actually translate that from Greek into English, and that's how we get the name Jesus. It's a transliteration of the original Greek word. But if you go back to the original Hebrew, it's Yeshua, which is transliterated from the Hebrew as Joshua. So Jesus and Joshua are the same name. Yeshua meaning God will save. God will save. So even in Jesus' name, we are told his mission that God will save us. And just like Joshua took the people into the promised land, right? So Moses was there to help free them from slavery. So Jesus is, is in a sense, the new Moses. That's what we talked about last week. But Jesus is also the new Joshua who will lead us into the promised land. Except into a physical place, like Joseph, uh, Joshua led them into the, this, the holy land. We are going to be live, sent into a promised land if we follow Jesus for abundant life now and eternal life with Christ. So Jesus is the one that will lead us into the promised land. Now all this took place so that what the people the Lord had spoken through the prophet would be fulfilled. And then Matthew quotes Isaiah 7.14. Look, a virgin will be pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. And Emmanuel means God with us. A lot of people today think that God is some sort of distant being, that if they do believe in God, that God created our world and set it into motion, but doesn't really care about what happens. That is not the truth. That is not the reality of the God that we worship and the God that we serve. Just like Ashley told us that when we gather and worship, we believe that God is with us. Jesus coming to the world is God with us. God cares about you. You are not alone. You do not have to do this alone. Whether that's through the community of the church or the very presence of Jesus in your life. We are a community. We grow together. We are one in the faith. And Jesus is with us no matter what happens in our life. That's one of the the promises of Scripture. In the name of Jesus, we are promised that God is with us. We're promised that God meets us in our humanness. We are promised that God is with us when we experience pain. And we we promise that when we experience fear, that God is with us. And then even in the moments of joy... When we have great celebration in our hearts, God is with us. So Jesus, God, meets us where we are. One of the most powerful things about Jesus becoming human is that God knows. God knows your experience. God knows what it's like to be human. Because God was human. Jesus is God with flesh on. So every pain you've experienced, every emotion you've experienced, every tragedy that you experienced, God probably experienced something like it. And what's wonderful, in a time when we could not find ourselves back to God, that's what we talked about two weeks ago, we could not reconcile ourselves to God on our own. So God sent his one and only son into the world so that we could be saved when we could not find our way back to God. That means that Jesus, that God meets us where we are. So there's no place that you can go that God can't find you. There's no place you can hide. There's nothing you can do that you can't receive forgiveness and God's love for you and for your life. What a powerful gift. 
Now, God doesn't want us to stay there. Jesus meets us where we are, but then calls us to new life. So it's not like we get to say, well, we can just be the person we always were when we met God. But when we experience God and we say yes to Christ and yes to faith, we become a new person and we start on a journey of a lifetime to be like Christ. So God meets us in our humanness. God also meets us in our pain. I know each person in this room has experienced pain because you're human. We all experience it. We experience pain and loss and suffering, and it shakes our confidence in who God is. And yet, if we turn around, we will realize that God is with us. This sermon series, Sin, is based on a book, a devotional called Sin. And one of the pastors that writes it shares a story of of when he was in the hospital with his wife who had to give birth to their child weeks early. And the child, Russell, was only born at two pounds and eight ounces. And you can imagine what that was like for them. And they were broken. They were, they were so hurt, especially his wife, Caroline. And, and I think all the moms in this room can, can understand this, know far more than, than the rest of us. Because when you give birth to your child, all you want to do is to hold that beloved baby, right? But when you give birth to one who, who is born early, you can't. They take them immediately to the NICU, Right? And they put them in a, in a, in a container to, to help them grow. And, and it's what they have to do for survival, but it's incredibly painful for the parents. And so this dad who had remembered when his first daughter had been born, he had bought an angel pin at the visitor center. And he had given it to his wife to kind of give her comfort in the midst of, of giving birth. And so he went down to the visitor center and he's looking around. He's looking around everywhere and he just can't find it. And so he goes to the person who's working, the volunteer who's, who's working the visitor shop, and, and I said, hey, do you have those angel pins? And, and, and she can see the emotion on his face. And she can see that he's desperate. And, and so she says, no, I'm so sorry. They're out of stock right now. And so he's heartbroken. And he just starts weeping because he just can't contain the emotions that he's feeling. And another volunteer walks over, takes a pin off of her shirt, an angel pin, and gives it to him. Now, we could say that was coincidence. We could say that there just happened to be somewhere in that, in that place a person who had an angel pin, and it just all was happenstance. But I don't believe that in the least. I think that God made it happen, that there was a woman who had an angel pin in exactly what he needed at that exact moment and gave her the courage to walk up to a stranger and say, here, take this pin. You know, God with us isn't always something miraculous, like some light in the sky or some miraculous healing. Often it is in the hands and feet of our brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. We are often God with flesh on for the world. God is with us in our pain. God is with us when we experience fear. Another human experience that we know we all will come across is fear. If you're human, you will be afraid. And I think that's one of the reasons that one of the most often stated things in Scripture is do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. In fact, Isaiah 41.10 says this. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, and I will surely help you. I will hold you in with my strong, righteous hand. Do not be afraid because I am with you. Do not be afraid because I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will surely help you. I will hold you with my strong, righteous hand. There's a curious statement that we talked about not too long ago 
about a guy in Scripture where Jesus says, if this person will be healed, if you just have enough faith, and the person says, I believe, help my unbelief. Remember that story? I feel that way about this. When God says, do not be afraid, I want to say, I believe. I believe, Ty, that I can live a life that is unafraid. But Lord, help my unbelief. You know, one of the things that used to mark Christians is that we lived in this world as if we were unafraid. Not that we didn't experience fear, but we didn't let our fear control us. One of the reasons that Christianity exploded all over the globe is that Christians would act boldly for their faith. That they would go into places where there were diseases and take care of people who were sick because they knew that their life would continue after this life. They would boldly proclaim the faith. And now, for some reason, we live in a world where we as Christians seem to be afraid of everything. And the angel tells us, do not be afraid. If you're dealing with fear, whatever it is in this moment, the angel is telling you, do not be afraid because the Lord your God is with you and is on your side. I think one of the most difficult things that we experience in life is that sometimes we're called to wait. Advent is a season of wait. We have to wait until Christmas to open our gifts. We have to wait until Christmas for all of these things, there's that moment of anticipation. So many things in life we have to wait. Sometimes we're in a difficult period and we have to wait. Some of us have gotten into financial difficulty. I know myself and my family, there's times when we struggle financially and you wish there would be a magic wand that you could wave and you would just fix everything. But that's not how it works. We have to put in the work and it takes time and we have to wait. But God is with us when we wait. Back to the story from the book. So once their child was in the NICU, this, this, this baby boy, Russell, they could go and they could visit, and they would go and visit every single day for months until finally they, got, they were able to take him home. But again, they still couldn't touch him. They couldn't hold him. And there was another family, oftentimes, when my brother was in ICU for his car wreck, you get to know the other families that are there every day because they're showing up, right? And, and you start to know their story and learn who they are. And there's another family that they had, they'd come to know in this time. And uh, they had this little glove, this cloth glove called a Zaki. And the thing with a Zaki is you take it home and you sleep with it. And then you give it to your child that's in the NICU. And then they can start to know what you smell like, right? And they can start to identify that with you. And so this other family gave them one, and it gave them confidence. It gave them hope that this was only a temporary thing. And they were able to endure because God was with them while they waited. Church, God sending Jesus in our world was like sending us a Zaki, right? A tangible thing that we could touch, that we could hold, that we could see, that we could follow to know who God is. That's what God wanted for us. We don't worship a distant God, an uncaring God, someone who doesn't care about your everyday movement, who doesn't care about the dirt of this world, who doesn't care about moments in your life. God cares about you. And when you find yourself waiting, know that God is with you and that God is on your side. God is with us in moments of joy and celebration. I experience this so often, as I'm sure many parents do with, with our children, right? When we, when we have children, it's such a beautiful moment. And then the things they do, the crazy things, both when they drive you insane because you're just like, how could you possibly do that? To the moments that they're so darn cute. I posted my Facebook of, of my daughters cuddling with our puppy this week. And it was just such a precious moment. 
And I felt so, joy, so much joy in it, just looking at them, holding our dog, smiling, that I had to capture it. My daughter Amelia is sick. Uh, hi, Amelia. Hi, Michelle. They're at home taking care of each other. And uh, yesterday, my daughter Sophie decided to go pick up a book and read a book to Sophie. Now, my daughter hates reading out loud. <laughs> and she would never read a book to her sister on her own. But because Amelia was sick, she felt called to read her a story. In that moment, I felt great joy and excitement. God is with us in the moments of joy that we experience in this world because God is joy and God wants us to experience joy. Yes, we're gonna experience the difficulties. Yes, we're gonna experience the pain, but we're also going to experience joy like we couldn't believe and we can't even imagine. So God is with us. God comes to us in our humanness. God is with us in our pain in those dark and difficult moments. God is with us when we are afraid. God is with us when we have to wait. And God is with us in the joy. And all of that starts to do something within us that we start to become a new person. We become this new life. We become like Christ. Something interesting happens in the Gospels. We're told that Jesus is the light of the world, right? And then later we are told that we are children of the light. And then we hear this in the Gospel of Matthew. You are the light of the world. This is Jesus talking to the disciples, talking to us. You are the light of the world. A city on top of a hill can't be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. Instead, they put it on top of a lampstand, and it shines to all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before people so they can see the good things you do and praise your Father in heaven. So we have a light inside of us because God is with us, because God is Emmanuel. We are given a light inside of us. It's not because of us. So the Holy Spirit, we have God within us, and we have this light. But I think too often, church, we put our light under a bushel, and people can't see our light. I was talking to Jeff Snyder yesterday, or Friday, and we were talking about how can the world get better? There seems to be so many problems. How can it get better? And there's so many things. You know, we're about to have a political uh, a presidential election this year. And there's going to be politicians that tell you that they are the answer, that they're going to bring hope, that they're going to fix all the problems. But they don't ever do, do they? They try their best. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but they never do. They, they, don't, they cannot, they do not have the power to make this world better like Christ has the power to make this world better. But church, we do. But it requires us to take that bushel off and start shining brightly for the world. What can we do? What impactful acts can we do so that your neighbors know that you follow Jesus? Do your neighbors even know? Do the people you encounter on a regular basis, do they even know that you love Jesus? The people at your work, the people at your school, the people that you encounter, the people you walk by, the people at the grocery store, the people that you pass in traffic, do those folks know that you gave your life to Christ? And if so, if not, why not? We need to change how we're living. We need to do things that are impactful in other people's lives. We need to be God with skin on it. Not that we're gods, but we have the Holy Spirit within us. We are the light of the world. God has chosen you to be a representative to the world in the darkness. So I want to challenge you this week. What's one thing that you can do so that your light can shine brightly? Is there one person who is really going through a lot of suffering right now? Can you walk alongside them? Is there someone who is so afraid of everything around them that God is calling you to step up and to walk with them? Is there someone who's going through a period of waiting and they just need you to wait with them? 
Are there people in your life that are experiencing joy and that you are called to be joyous with them? Are there those who need to be introduced with Christ so they can know the greatest gift ever given the world? Because maybe, just maybe, that is what you were called to do. Because you are the light of the world. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.